To all my WWE superstars, as I approach 77 years old, OMG, am I really that old? I feel it's time for me to retire. I have thoroughly enjoyed sharing my compassion, wisdom, and love for the business with you. No longer will you see the smiling, level-headed, calm presence at Gorilla every week. Your dedication to the WWE will ensure that our company will continue to grow and prosper. Our organization is nothing without you. You are WWE's only natural resource chosen to perform in front of a global audience. You are all WWE global ambassadors. Carry the WWE flag wherever you go. Wave it high and proud and bust your ass to be all you can be as a person and as a performer. One other thing, I won't be with you, but I'll be watching. Remember to keep your hands up, grab a hold, and sell. Vince McMahon. Whoa. Can you believe that, Big Kev? I mean, you and I talked about um, how long this would take. And when I saw that, I was just shocked. I was just shocked as you. I would not say surprise was the word, but definitely shocked. Just like you said, we had just spoke about this topic. And your question was specifically, hey, how long do you think this will last? And I definitely thought it was going to get dragged out a little longer. There's some sources saying that there was a decision a couple weeks back that this was going to happen. I'm still kind of shocked today as I just kind of sit here and kind of ponder and reflect about the last 32 years, a world of wrestling without Vince McMahon. Unheard. I mean, unthinkable. Like everybody, you, me, WWE Universe would say Vince's last day would probably be at an event and he would probably pass away in the event like. He he bleeds, sweat, tears, WWE. I mean, that was Vince McMahon's identity. And to have him say, it's over, I'm done, I'm retiring, uh, whether he wanted to do it or not, it's still going to leave, I think, uh, a hole in the WWE uh, universe um, that may be patched up down the road. But, I mean, just creatively, um, Vince McMahon, the visionary, it's just, yeah, just sad day, you know, that he's done Then moving on. I think what's so sad is you just kind of hit upon it is the way did roll out. And that is we get a notification through social media. He sends out a tweet off Twitter saying he's going to be retiring. There was no grand, you know, ceremony or party or things of that nature. And we all know Vince McMahon does not like that. He does not like the intention where it's all on him. but you would think that something of this magnitude would have something of the like, even though it would be against his will. I just remember Raw 25, you know, Shane and Stephanie go out there with the mahogany plaque and, you know, they did a GoFundMe and, you know, he's telling Brooklyn, hey, this kind of feels cheap. And, you know, he didn't like the spotlight on him then nor now. And this is um, definitely uh, a void and he's gone now. Like he's not going to be backstage at Gorilla. He's not going to be creative. He's not going to be an on-screen air talent. The reins have been handed over. And Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan are going to be co-CEOs with Stephanie acting as full-time chairwoman moving forward. I feel like it's still WWE is still in good hands. You know, just like everybody else, 
uh, like CM Punk said on his famous pipe bomb promo, you know, he just feels like he's just another spoke on the wheel and the wheel's going to keep turning. Same thing with Vince McMahon, because we talked about this. The business is much bigger than yourself mentality. And so Very true. And Very it's hard true. to say that as Vince McMahon being a spoke on the wheel, but spoke on the wheel it's going to keep going with or without him. No, and that's very true. But what was interesting, I don't know if you saw later on that when he had said that he would do anything in his power, you know, uh, away from WWE, is he still the majority stockholder of WWE? And what I also found interesting was, yes, you have co-CEO, but how long is that going to stay until I believe Stephanie is going to want to be the only CEO of WWE? since it is, you know, her family uh, lineage and it's their company. Um, Nick Khan, I mean, I like that he's co-CEO, but eventually something's going to have to give, especially with the announcement of Triple H being back. So the next, you know, months and years coming up is going to be really interesting to see what direction the WWE goes under the new leadership of Stephanie and Nick Khan. You know, Triple H coming back as the new executive vice president of talent relations. Uh, you've got Bruce Pritchard moving up, filling those gaps and voids that that would have been filled by Vince McMahon. And he's gone. And I don't really want to beat a dead horse on the subject, but it's just so shocking that it's just gone. And I think you're right as far as Stephanie McMahon wanting to, you know, eventually take full control. It's so odd to think uh, McMahon's not going to be at the helm of the WWE. Uh, we talked about this on the episode three, where we talked about how Stephanie would be just fine. She's been around the company for so long as an on-screen talent, behind the scenes. I feel confident of her running the company. She's been right by her dad's side since day one, practically. Yeah, for sure. We And we did forget to mention, as Vince McMahon does retire and go to the sunset, people power got fired. Yeah, John Laurinaitis got let go, and we we saw that coming too, right? Yeah, he had to be um, the scapegoat. And now the rumblings are uh, Kevin Dunn, the longtime producer I've been hearing, is on the way out as well. And he's been with Vince McMahon for a very long time, practically day one as well. So Vince McMahon is uh, officially retired from the WWE. And we are back. Kev has a little bit of news. Yes, guys, we are so appreciative of you week in and week out. These uh, past four weeks have been tremendous, and we're getting some get some steam. And we're so thankful we passed over 100 listeners. And one of those listeners outside the United States. Say what? Outside the United States? We are worldwide. We have our first listener in Germany. So we appreciate you for tuning in because that's big for us. Well, whoever's we out there listening in Germany male, female, whatever, we just thank you, tell your friends, and we'll be uh, putting out content weekly. So, and uh, thank our other listeners as well too, but that's nice. Um, Germany's listening to the Brothers of Discussion. Yeah, fanboy Dave, we'll get right into it. Raw recap, WWE Women's Raw Championship match between Bianca Belair and Carmella. And of course, Becky's at uh, ringside. You know, of course she's scouting. She's gotta be scouting who she's gonna be facing. Corey Graves is in her ear the whole time of, hey, you can't, you know, pass up, you know, Carmella and, hey, who would you rather face and this and that. And ultimately, Bianca Belair gets the win 
and she's going to be meeting Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. And we'll talk about that a little later. Let's say you, fanboy Dave. I agree. Uh, solid match. And of course, you know, it's just like you said, week after week. I get it. You know, trying to uh, keep Becky looking strong because she's on her, her winning streak. So to have Carmella just transition until we get to uh, SummerSlam uh, this weekend, um, I think it was a good call, even though, like you said, you weren't a big fan of it. Uh, you know, four weeks in a row, but I think good call to uh, make sure they're safe. Nobody gets hurt with a big uh, pay-per-view match coming up this weekend. Fanboy Dave, you don't sound so enthusiastic talking about Carmella. Where's the she's money attitude that you've been having these past couple of weeks? It didn't sound like you were too excited overall about that. I don't know. It's just my opinion. Well, I'm sure the listeners don't want me to always say that Mella is money. <laughs> So I'll give you a little break off to be like, oh, Big Kev doesn't want to hear about Carmella. No, I don't. I'm not hating on her. She's good talent. I just feel like uh, the storyline just kept, it was too redundant for me. But uh, in my opinion, and I I like seeing her, don't get me wrong. I think she has a purpose on the roster and and she's done a good job doing it. I just felt like it was too redundant, dragging it out. Don't let Corey Graves find out you're talking about his wife. So next we finally get to see KO. Kevin Owens back on Raw. He brings out his uh, guest Riddle, and he's welcome Riddle with open arms. And hey, Riddle, you know I've been all you know off TV. I'm trying to get my head straight. And hey, I want to be like you. In fact, I think we could be great. I think we could be better than RK Bro. We could be Bro KO. Riddle's like, I don't think I can trust you, man. And then KO's like, Wait a minute, you trusted Randy Orton all this time, and you can't trust me. Burn it down. Music stops, and that's it. All of a sudden, you hear it one more time, and there's the music. Here comes Seth Rollins from behind in the ring and jumps Riddle from, from behind. Pretty good KO show. It was it was a little entertaining. It was short and sweet. It, it got their uh, faces on, on TV, uh, you know, leading into uh, SummerSlam. So it was good to see KO back. One match that was kind of uh, fun to watch was the Street Profits uh, defeating Almost an MVP back in the ring. Straight um, balling. And in fact, he did straight balling on Dawkins. And that was fun to watch. Street Profits ended up getting the victory um, after the interference by the Usos. But also, <laughs> um, if Raw wouldn't be uh, a Raw without Mr. Money in the Bank, you know, he had a decent match with AJ Styles. They're still pushing him. Um, what did you think about the match? Yeah, well, they got the count out after, uh, you know, Ziggler attacked Theory outside the ring. And again, where are they going with this Ziggler? You know, we talked about this before. You know, I talk about Ziggler as a workhorse. I just don't think he inserts himself here. I I don't know what they're trying to do. I I guess if I'm having to put my thinking cap on a little bit, again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with, with Ziggler, you know, having him come in and that can go and that can help elevate a talent such as Theory because he's a veteran. That's the only direction I could think. I cannot see Ziggler being a champion. I cannot see him winning a Money in the Bank briefcase match with Theory if that comes down the line. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, AJ Styles, anytime you have AJ Styles in a match, you're just going to get better. And Theory's on his way up there. I feel like he's getting a lot of confidence because they're, you know, pushing him to the moon, if you will. But again, that Ziggler piece just really is just really puzzling me. The only thing that makes sense if the Ziggler piece is if he does cause Theory to lose his opportunity 
at SummerSlam because it's no secret. There he says he's cashing in uh, this Saturday. Uh, so I I see that could be the only way that it kind of makes sense. Uh, but also, it would uh, Theory would have to probably beat Bobby Lashley to win the United States title. Then you have that to go with Dolph Ziggler. But we'll see, you know, this week what happens. Dang, fanboy Dave, are you on the creative now or what? What's going on here, man? Hey, I'm just I'm just thinking ahead. I mean, uh, Stephanie might call me a Triple H, but I won't tell you. And then, of course, the very end. And again, we're not highlighting every single match on the card, but at the very end, we get Logan Paul. You know, he comes out, and of course, the Miz has challenged him. What was the end result, fanboy Dave? Uh he got some good shots on uh, on the Miz. Uh, I I've been impressed with Logan Paul. Looked like he's been putting some work in at the Performance Center, and we had talked previously. People don't like the Miz. A lot of people do not like Logan Paul, but it, it was interesting to see him. I mean, you can still see he's a little green. But um, Logan Paul just is like, I, I'm coming to whoop you, Miz, and he let it be known. Yeah, initially Miz says, hey, I'm going to decline it. And uh, Paul accuses Miz as having tiny balls, which is funny. Oh, I like that shirt. See, so that could be an interesting. Yeah, the Miz shirt. Like 14th. Uh, let, let, the, let the people know what that shirt said. I have massive balls. That was awesome. Miz is so brilliant and talented. He's so entertaining, uh, whether you like him or you don't. He's just so, he's entertaining is what it is. Um, hey, we can't roll out. Paul got jumped by Tomasa Champa. We we didn't we left that out. Yeah, We're definitely. Gonna... I think you're right. Um, but we need to move on to Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah, we'll move on to Friday Night SmackDown. And uh, we didn't know Lesnar was going to make it or not, did we, Fanboy Dave? No, like you had sent me a text uh, during the day, you know, because um, the news came out, which we talked in our first segment. This man was retiring and going off. Well, apparently. That pissed off Brock Lesnar. I it mean, pissed him off so much that he walked out. And I guess cooler heads prevailed and he eventually gets back in time for his uh, business at the end of the night. There was a lot of reports saying, hey, if Vince is out, I'm out. And not on those words, but he, hey, I'm not going to deal with anybody else except Vince. And and Brock has been very outspoken about that. He's, he's all about, hey, I'm going to talk to who makes decisions. I'm only going to talk to Dana White. I'm only going to talk to Vince McMahon. I'm only going to work with Vince McMahon. I'm not going to care about who else says other things. Because he has so much respect for Vince McMahon that he will listen to him. And I don't know if Paul Heyman called him or Vince McMahon caught word of it. And Vince calls Brock and says, hey, I'm out. But you know what? Let's move forward with your storyline. Let's move forward with you uh, getting to SummerSlam and do business. And so, uh, yeah, that would have been very interesting. Uh, we talked about that, like, hey, what's going to happen if Brock doesn't come back? Because we we were under the impression that he was not coming back. He was he well, walked yeah. out and he's not coming back. Well, yeah, like, you know, and, and Paul Heyman have said it numerous of times, whether they're on TV or not, they're like, Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. If it's not um, a popular decision, Brock don't care. Brock's going to do what Brock wants to do. He's got a temper, and um, you're right. And what are you going to do about it is, is kind of his mentality. But Stephanie McMahon, you know, speaking of Stephanie and, and Vince and all that situation going on, she comes out to the WWE Universe, and she uh, gets the crowd going of a thank you chant Vince for, for him. And, you know, she tells her dad that she loves him on, as you can see, uh, on camera. So at least, at least they acknowledged it. It wasn't like there's the tweet. 
he's retired, social media's exploded, and they're moving on, right? At least they acknowledge it. And again, I was hoping it would be something a little bit more grandeur, if you will. Um, and maybe that's still down the pipeline. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. It'd be kind of cool if Vince McMahon himself gets into the WWE Hall of Fame at some point. It needs to be done. I don't know if he's going to throw himself or assert himself in it, but we'll see. Well, like we saw on Monday Night Raw on SmackDown, we get a 10 count. And that was the Viking Raiders versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Uh, and the Viking Raiders defeat them uh, via countout. Uh, New Day was at ringside. Again, this looks like it just keeps building towards SummerSlam, Viking Raiders and New Day. That's what it's looking and shaping to be. What do you and think it, about this one? And Xavier Woods wearing that dang old mask, that unicorn mask. I was like, what is he, what is he doing? And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a match that's uh, been um, in the making. Uh, Viking Raiders are probably going to go over. But what was interesting is what you had uh, told me earlier that Xavier Woods said on WWE programming, because um, I, I had to go see it later. And then um, I was just like, did he really mention other organizations on WWE programming? That was very interesting. No, he sure did. You know, you don't have Vince McMahon and Gorilla in the earpiece talking to somebody. What was your another, What was your uh, next highlighted match that you enjoyed on Friday Night SmackDown? Well, not so much a match, but it's one that we uh, just have respect for these two. It's Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. And uh, Sheamus and uh, McIntyre are not going to fight this SmackDown, of course. It's going to be the next SmackDown. So we talked about this. This is a, a storyline that's been actually decent, and it's it's been fun to watch, and it's actually going to be a shillelagh match next week on SmackDown between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre uh, to see who's the number one contender going into the pay-per-view in September. Yeah, you know, when they uh, uh, signed the match or, or Adam Pierce came out to make it official, all I could think about was like, where's Fit Finley? Fit Finley needs to be coming out and refereeing or something because he was the master of the shillelagh uh, when he was wrestling back uh, back in the day. I completely agree. I was thinking about Fit Finley. I was thinking, hey, if they're doing Double J as a special guest referee, why not Fit Finley? Uh, he would be great for that because he's rugged and tough and uh, is well-respected as well. Uh, that would that would make sense, and that would be fun to see if they could bring him back uh, for that. One highlight um, that I don't it was it was a little awkward, and I don't know what you thought. The male models, now there's Maxine Dupree, and it looks like they're moving forward with her instead of her brother so i don't know what's going on with that hopefully um they turn them back to la night but it's going to be interesting to see um them going forward with maxine uh, i was told and, and what not told like i'm directly you know talking to bruce pritchard and Stephanie. oh day look at you you're i didn't want to say anything but what i heard was uh he was not even at the taping i don't know are they going to switch gears on this i don't know i, I i'm not a big fan of this this storyline was kind of well, yeah, good. because you don't understand you, uh, you don't know what it's like to be a model like I do. Oh, here we go. So that's here why you don't understand go. this gimmick, but it's a good gimmick. It's going to take some time. I think it's going to grow organically, and you're going to probably have some WWE uh, um, universe people dressing up um, in their little tennis racket gear and everything, and it'll get over. Towards the end of the night, you know, it was the Usos and Theory. Uh, six man tag six man tag and so what i don't want to go past that but basically we'll kind of fast forward to the very end of it 
And what, what happens was there is, he's, he's pretty much turning his back on the Usos too, you know, but anyway, Brock Lesnar comes back and this is kind of what we wanted to touch upon is Brock Lesnar comes back and does business and he comes out, he gives theory the F5, he takes the briefcase and he just beats him like a dog over the back with the briefcase, leaving him with another F5. And Brock's message was basically, boy, don't even think about cashing it in because it's not going to happen. Don't, you're not even on this level. Yeah, uh, Brock Lesnar came out and the pop was huge because just like everybody had heard that he had walked out and you could even tell um, in the announcers, Pat McAfee and Michael Cole, they're like, I thought, I thought, so did I. And like, because nobody knew if Lesnar was going to come back and do business. And I think he um, let it on theory quite thick. Uh, he it looked like he gave him some stiff shots. And when he swung that briefcase on his back, I mean... He hit him. He hit him good. Yeah, he was laying it on thick. And uh, I didn't want to gloss over, but the Street Profits and, and Mad Cotton Moss, uh, they beat the Usos in, in theory, actually, uh, disqualification. But uh, it was fun to see Mad Cat back out there. Again, I'm I'm pretty high on him as a potential star going forward uh, in the future. But, uh, but yeah, the Street Profits, once again, tangled up with the Usos. Again, it's leading into that storyline where week in, week out, they're pushing that match and rightfully so because that money in the bank was incredible. One of the, probably the best matches I've seen in quite some time, uh, definitely match of the year so far for me, just because it just left a good mark on me, but yeah, Matt Cat Moss and street profits get the win um, heading into SummerSlam. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back and we're going to be speaking SummerSlam. And we are back on brothers of discussion with big Kev and fanboy Dave. We talked about the recap. Now we're going to be talking about the actual SummerSlam card, giving you the breakdown, uh, what our predictions are going to be for the match. Our fanboy Dave, let's start out with, sure, let's go Logan Paul and The Miz. This is going to be a singles match. It's going to be between, again, Logan Paul and The Miz. What say you on this match? Um, if Logan Paul has signed uh, you know, a few match deals, I wouldn't be surprised if The Miz gets the win via like a disqualification uh, with Champa uh, to do the whole chase thing. Uh, so you can just build up him beating the Miz more satisfying. So I may have to go Miz on this one. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, I'm going to go, I'm kind of 50 50 on it because you know how things like this work out when you have somebody coming in. You know, Logan Paul has a multi deal. I'm with you though. I think the Miz is going to get the win. I think it's going to be a situation like, hey, I'm not playing wrestler i am a wrestler um and i think it's going to be one of those situations where whether champa gets involved or something happens uh of the like it's going to lead to possibly another match down the road between those two but i'm going to go with the miz as well uh what about riddle versus seth freaking rollins that's going to be another singles match i think riddle is going to get the win. I think it starts to elevate and push him moving forward. You know, Seth doesn't really necessarily need the win right this minute. Um, Seth has a lot of name value on the card, and he could be inserted anywhere. But I feel like Riddle needs this win. I think he's going to get this win. Yeah, Riddle is going to get the win. Um, this match may not steal the show, but it's going to probably come a close second. Put Riddle on the winning streak and have him um, – continue to uh, elevate his performance. Uh, part of me just thinks he's still in a lot of Randy's moves, which I think the WWE Universe is okay with. 
eventually, if Randy does ever come back, I mean, they may break up RKO, but it'd probably be Riddle stabbing Orton in the back. But I know that's far in between. But yeah, I got Riddle winning. I was just about to say that, fanboy Dave. Do you think Orton comes back this soon and, you know, stabs Riddle in the back? No, I think it would be opposite. I think it would be Riddle stabbing Orton in the back. Oh, really? Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, that I mean, that's very – that could definitely well happen. I think you're right. They need to save that for another time. Maybe like a Survivor Series would be great. Or, shoot, maybe even pushing it towards the Mania, uh, a 39. So we'll see how that works. But I think we're both in agreement. Riddle gets the win over Seth freaking Rollins. What about Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey for the women's – wwe smackdown championship match well i hope they start off with this match because i know you're not a big fan of lives um with ronda rousey unless ronda rousey is like a heel uh they're gonna let live uh win this match i don't have her as being just a transitional champion of taking off the belt off ronda and then putting it back on her you know a month later uh live will get the win very possible. Again, we've seen this before. There has been transitional champions, obviously, and that's why there's a definition of transitional champion. But I, I still think Ronda should win. I think she ought to win, right? But I think Ronda's going to win. I, I got to go with Ronda on this one. So I think we're split on this one. I think you feel that Liv is going to get a push and keep moving towards being the champion and moving down the line. What What do you think, because of that, where do you think she goes? What's the next uh well, um, she could fight Natalia, but I think uh, Liv needs to win to automatically get what you want. And I think what other WWE Universe wants of Ronda becoming that killer heel, the baddest woman on the planet, her moniker. She needs to be heel to do that, which would make her winning the championship uh, solidify her as the baddest woman on the planet and just talking trash to WWE Universe. So for that to happen... Liv needs to win, believe that Ronda would have to become obsessed with winning that title. Yeah, if you put it like that, that gets me actually intrigued and interested in that match. So it could very well be the opening match to get to get things going. A championship match from the jump, it's always a good thing. Moving on, Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Now, this is going to be kind of like the Logan Paul versus Miz, right? Where Pat McAfee, yeah, he's wrestled a few matches. Um, and he's, you know, more of a, you know, commentary. He's not a true professional wrestler, sports entertainer, uh, per se. This is one of those where we know Pat McAfee has signed an extension. We know Happy Corbin can put over people. He plays the hill role really good. McAfee has won some matches. I'm really torn on this one. My gut says Happy Corbin's actually going to get this win. I say gut because my head is saying, no, Pat McAfee's going to win because he's been undefeated. He's been having some good matches. Is he going to win? I'm kind of torn on it. I'm going to go as much as I don't want to say, or maybe I do want to say this. I'm going to go with Happy Corbin on this one. Happy Corbin. That That's a, a good pick. Yeah, I got to go the other route. Uh, Pat McAfee, because he's been getting beaten down a couple of times, and I think Pat's going to just take it to – uh, bum ass Corbin, and I know I shouldn't say ass, I do apologize, but uh, yeah, uh, Pat McAfee's gonna get the dub. Going on to the, the next match, we're gonna have the women's Raw Championship Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. 
And I just have to say this because it's been on my mind since Monday Night Raw. Did Becky Lynch look like a Spice Girl back in the day, the way she was dressed on Monday Night Raw? I just had to throw that out there. I just I thought that was funny. But anyway, I'm going to go with uh, Bianca Belair on this one. I do not know why you got to hate on big time backs, <laughs> or, you know, or old Becky two belts or the man. Um, but yeah, she looked like a Spice Girl, but it was all right. Spice Girls were popular way back in the day. So don't be hating on her wardrobe. Her and her husband, Seth freaking Rollins, they, they wear nice threads. They got the good tailor. So stop hating on the man, Becky Lynch. Uh, this match, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it because it, it culminates um, them whenever Becky Lynch came back and beat Bianca Belair. And was it 26 seconds? How many seconds was it? Yeah, it was right 25, 26 seconds. Yeah, you're right. And validation, uh, I want to go for... Becky Lynch, because I am a huge fan of the man, Bianca's going to get the the win uh, cleared to uh, come full circle and to avenge that loss that she had at SummerSlam against Big Time Bex. Hey, fanboy Dave, I just want to correct myself. Uh, Pat McAfee's not been undefeated. Uh, in fact, Adam Cole, baby, beat him, uh, Pat McAfee. But he had a great showing on the NXT um, Lions Den match. Uh, just kind of wanted to correct myself on that one. Uh, we got Bobby Lashley and Theory. We were just talking the about the Almighty. Uh, I definitely would not want to catch him in the alley. So he's definitely the Almighty Bobby Lashley for the WWE United States Championship. And I'm going to go with, I like your, your play out on this one. I think Theory gets the win and he wins the WWE United States Championship from the Almighty Bobby Lashley. Yeah, that, that's just the way the story would be perfect. Him winning, going on a high, uh, waiting for the main event and trying to cash in on one of the two big bulls in the main event that we'll talk about in a brief second. Uh, that's the only way to play because you already played. He lost the United States title to Bobby Lashley, and then he wins the money in the bank. So trying to do that again just doesn't make any sense. No doubt. What does make sense is the next match is the Usos and the Street Profits for the WWE Tag Team Undisputed Championship. And why it makes sense is because, hey, man, the Street, street Profits uh, felt like they were robbed with that elbow up, and uh, our shoulder, rather. And we have a special guest referee. We talked about Jeff Jarrett as a special referee. Man, I like the Uso so much, and I feel like their time is going to run out on this one. I think the Street Profits get the win. But is, is, there, is there something in the bag that Jeff Jarrett does does he does he somehow screw the street profits out of this? Uh, because you know Jeff Jarrett's been more of the hill. So does he really call it down the line, or does he? Is it clean? I'm gonna go with street profits still. Uh, I'm, as I'm kind of talking this through, I'm gonna go with street profits. What say you, fanboy Dave? I think this match is gonna be the match of the night. I think you would agree. Um, no it's doubt. gonna have a bunch of close calls, just like the Money in the Bank did. But I think you have to um, give the Street Profits their due because they've been chasing for what it seems like forever, the titles. And what, what, what's, what's the payout? Um, street Profits beating the Usos. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to have to go to Street Profits a little bit. Maybe Usos retain, but my heart and my, my money is going to Street Profits to be the new Undisputed Tag Team Champions. Yeah, I really think the the bloodline is going to be coming to an end very soon. Uh, and, and just my thought, my opinion. And speaking of that, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, 
puts his undisputed championship on the line versus Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. I'm going to go with Brock Lesnar. And the reason why I'm going with him is I feel like we're going to see some time away from the company from Roman Reigns coming up. I just, this, just, just feeling, you know, he talked about it at a house show that, that he's going to be changing up his schedule. He might not be back. And a lot of people can interpret that differently. Hey, is he leaving the company for a while? Is he just not going to do certain house shows? Is he going to part-time limited schedule, which he's kind of already there? I think Brock Lesnar gets the win here. But I know a lot of people are saying, no, Roman Reigns wins. And he goes eventually to WrestleMania to fight his cousin, The Rock. This match, it's, it's very interesting because Reigns is... Um getting you know calls and things he's getting he's getting the itch for hollywood like uh Dwayne the rock johnson but the unique thing about this is does roman reigns leave and with the conversation that may had happened with uh vincent mcmahon talking to lesnar like look let's do business does uh, lesnar say okay i'm doing business up to SummerSlam? So then that's where you may get the money in the bank of cash in if it doesn't go the other way. I think Roman Reigns is going to win. He's still going to be with the company until he has his match with uh, The Rock at WrestleMania 39, if that's the way it goes. And then he goes off into the sunset to go try Hollywood for a while. But Roman Reigns, tribal chief for the win. That it's going to be a fun match. I'm looking forward to that one. It's uh, my mentality is hey, Brock Lesnar is a legitimate UFC sports entertainer fighter, last man standing match. That is right up Brock Lesnar's alley. And so it plays and it favors Brock Lesnar for sure. But uh, it that's going to be a fun one to watch. And I agree, that's going to be uh, interesting to see how they. They make it. I can see how Roman could win. I, I do. And it's hard to it's kind of hard to see what Brock Lesnar's story going forward is going to be, right? Because we know Brock Lesnar's schedule is, you know, you know, two or three appearances regarding a match a year, if it feels like. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think there will be blood. Did you see that Peacock is um is um promoting this as TV 14? Did you see that? I did not. That is breaking news to me. So they are, aren't they? That's that's what it, that's what it shows. If you go to Peacock, anybody listening to this, go to Peacock, and you'll see it says TV fourteen. So, uh, I more than likely there's probably going to be blood in the last man standing match. Hey, in the next night, fanboy Dave, is this going to be TV fourteen too? Ric Flair's last match. Woo! The very last match is Ric Flair is going to be teaming up with his son-in-law Andrade and he's going to take on speaking of Jeff Jarrett he's going to be taking on Jeff Jarrett who's going to pull back-to-back duties this weekend as a special guest referee and in-ring talent with Jay Lethal there in Nashville on Sunday night July 31st is Rick going to get the win is he going to put Jay Lethal over is oh, it come on be- it's the nature boy well Let hey riding Jeff flying son of a gun He's got to get the last match to win. Well, I'm surprised he didn't do a singles match, but I think the more and more they talked about it, uh, from what I was hearing on Conrad Thompson and, and Rick's uh, podcast, was it made a little sense to do a tag team match just because of his age and just and his endurance is, is good. 
but I don't know how good it would be as if it was a singles match. They really built a storyline. They have a storyline of Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett attacking Rick in the parking lot. And, you know, that's not going to fly with Andrade and Rick. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm hoping to catch it. I uh, heard it's a very good card. Uh, Rick Flair's last match at 73 years old there in Nashville, Tennessee. Speaking of catching, you know, we've been talking about the A&E uh, documentary. So I can um, pretty much guess that you did watch the Goldberg um, episode. Probably watched Goldberg, but I watched the Goldberg one. And Goldberg was on A&E last week, was the biography. And um, I thought it was a pretty good documentary. Um, I know it, you know, again, we've seen Goldberg past few years. So I really didn't feel like I came away with anything extra per se. I did like how they talked about the Bret Hart topic and, you know, Goldberg's apologized so much for that, but, you know, I feel like there's some blame put on Bret too, but that was a, it was a good documentary. Again, I can't really say much. I, I don't get too excited about Goldberg. I never have uh, just because, you know, with attitude era, you know, he kind of emulated Steve Austin and it was just so hard to duplicate Steve Austin from a fan's point of view. If you're a Steve Austin fan, you can't like you watch Goldberg and like, no, nah, I'm Steve Austin. I'm not trying to discredit anything Goldberg did over the, on the other side of the television. But uh, uh, anyway, I did watch it. But did you have any feelings on that? Yeah, I did watch it, even though I said I wasn't going to watch Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> what I learned was what I knew and was one of my issues with him was like he um, and he got flagged for it. And he talked about it was like he never loved the business. I mean, his ultimate goal was to be an NFL professional football player. Like that was Bill Goldberg's gold. So then when he got into the business, you know, he didn't have the respect for things like that. And, you know, yeah, I rubbed people the wrong way and going on to the Brett Hitman Hart, uh, which I never really thought about it until um, Eric Bishop had talked about it. Brett knew what he was getting in the ring with. He knew that Goldberg was green. So, yes, he should have been a little bit more careful and dictated the match a little bit more. Uh, so I guess from that uh, point of view that yeah brett had some um part or fault in him getting injured uh with that concussion but then at the end where they showed that goldberg finally understood why we love this uh professional wrestling or wwe universe loves it so much that he finally understood and had respect for the business so i i give it a it was okay i mean again still a stone cold fan not a big goldberg fan um but it, it, was, it was okay. It was okay. Well, tonight is going to be the Bella Twins. 7 you can look, Central. but you can't touch. 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. The Bella Twins. And um, I don't mind watching this one because it's, you know, it's always good eye candy. But but they were actually, you know, in the WWE and they made a, a good, um, you know, during the Divas into the Eric. women evolution. They were kind of right in, the, in between. And keep an eye on that one. I know, you know, we watched the, the Bella Twins show. From time to time. Yeah, I'll take a look at this, but that's going to be tonight, 7 p.m. Central. On you know what's interesting about that, Big Kev? What's that? I, I want to know if they're going to get into more of them just like tagging or if they're going to go separate. Do they bring up uh, Daniel Bryant? Do they bring up John Cena and like the whole wedding angle? I mean, that'll be really interesting to see if they deep dive on that or just not touch that to talk about John Cena and Daniel Bryan. Um, so I'll, I'll watch that as well. Um, not, not really looking forward to it, but I'll give it a gander. 
Yeah, I, I think they do bring that up. I mean, when you have a star like John Cena, you would have to bring that up. Daniel Bryan, um, because Brie and them both were married and they were in the business together. I, I feel like you can't not bring that up. Um, I think it's going to you know start out with them as young teenage girls and kind of you know give their background what's going to be interesting though fanboy dave is are they going to bring john lord nias in the mix because as you know he was dating the bella twins mom oh people power people power so i wonder if they cut that out or if they even mentioned that you know what was very interesting actually over the weekend fanboy dave the espn SB awards acknowledging the wwe and presenting an award for the WWE Moment of the Year. Moment of the Year? Moment of the Year for WWE. WWE Moment of the Year. Specifically WWE, not the sports moment of the year, but it was the WWE Moment of the Year Award. Who did it go to? Cody Rhodes. The American Nightmare? The American Nightmare. But Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, gets the WrestleMania return. Uh, specifically, that's what he won it for. He gets the big pop. He has a great match with Seth Rollins. That's what he gets the SB's WWE Moment of the Year award for. And so oh, congratulations that makes to Rhodes. So much sense because I saw a tweet about Seth Rollins and he was not happy. He was saying everybody grew ESPN, WWE, whatever. Because again, Seth Rollins making it about him and not getting the SB uh, for a moment of the year. So this even adds on to their feud when Cody Rose does come back. I mean, this is this is just good booking right there, man. Well, I'm I'm kind of uh, disappointed because I was looking at the nominations of the of the uh, nominees, if you will, for this award, and I was really hoping We Man won it for body slamming Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, that was a good spot. That was a real good spot. Let me, let me read you a couple of these, and I won't go over everything, but say something if you feel like, hey, yeah, that, that sounds like a possibility that could overturn that one. Edge defeats Seth Rollins in the Hella Cell match. The Miz turns on Logan Paul at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns defeats Brock Lesnar. Stone Cold Steve Austin stuns Vince McMahon, Austin Theory, and Pat McAfee at WrestleMania, which was fun. And that, that, was, that, was, that could have been up there easily. Stone Cold returns to the ring versus Kevin Owens. Uh, again, a wee man versus uh, uh, Sami Zayn in that Johnny Knoxville match where he body slammed Sami Zayn, which that was impressive. Uh, I, In fact, uh, since we're talking about Sami Zayn, I got to watch the Broken Skull sh- session with Sami Zayn and Stone Cold. If you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it. Sami Zayn is so humbled. Just it, it seemed like a real good dude. Uh, they talk about that moment and uh, they talk about specifically how Stone Cold really enjoyed that match for a wrestling match. And it wasn't, was not a gimmicky match. He really put that one over and thought that was probably Sami Zayn's best work. And Sami Zayn was really proud of that moment. John Cena returns to Money in the Bank. Uh, Bianca Belair wins the Women's Championship. Anything sticks out on on a few of those? If Cody Rhodes didn't make a return, uh, McMahon, Austin probably would have won the SB. Uh, my buddy told me when Stone Cold um, stunned Vince McMahon and he asked for a beer, um, he said they actually showed me like for a quick second on, on the TV and I like, had to go look at it and I was like, well, there's Fanboy Dave on WWE programming right after Stone Cold be um, chugging some beers after stunning McMahon. So if you want to go see that, go check it out. Well, that's going to conclude the Brothers of Discussion 
episode five with Big Kev and Fanboy Dave. We'll see, see you next, next week. week.